Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Damian Lewis is going to drop by later. More football. Former Panthers defensive lineman, former Miami Hurricanes defensive lineman. Interesting dude with a degree in sociology from UM. John Dahl is going to drop by, too. It is launch day for the ACC Network, and he's the executive producer for the class that saved Coach K, which will make its debut tonight as the network launches this evening. More on that later. Joining us now, as promised, is one of our favorites on all things college football. His nickname is Mr. College Football. You can follow him on Twitter at Mr. CFB for ESPN and the SEC Network and TMGCollegeSports.com and 680 The Fan in Atlanta and probably other outlets. Tony Barnhart, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? DJ, I'm just glad that we're getting ready to play ball games. I'm, as Coach Spurrier would say, talking season is over. Amen. Uh, but you and I are stuck talking at least for a little longer as we look forward, <laughs> as we look forward to Miami against Florida on Saturday night uh, on ESPN with the Gators ranked number eight and the Hurricanes having that new coach in Manny Diaz. Before we get there, I saw you retweet an article by Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports, and it's an article that you could have written having covered this stuff since the 1970s, if I remember correctly. It's the 150th anniversary of college football. And the South, however you define that, has truly been shaped, probably sociologically and culturally and certainly sports-wise, by its love of college football. Where do you even begin to teach that class, Tony Barnhart? How do you explain that to, say, an alien who landed in America? You go, you go back to the Civil War, and the way that turned out uh, did not turn out particularly well for the South. And then the, and in the aftermath, it was the agrarian South versus the industrial North. And there were still hard feelings for a long, long time. Then eventually when football came to be, the South would uh, say, you know what? We, we can't beat the industrialized North in much, but we can beat them in football. And that's, that's how the passion began. That and the fact that there were no NFL teams in the South until 1966 uh, with the Falcons and the Saints. Uh, and people just identified with college football. And now the, the operative word is passion. There is a passion that people, particularly in the South, feel about college football. And this time every year, people people get really excited. We have what we call Podunk State University here at the David Glenn Show. It's a mythical creation that whenever we need an example, we just say at Podunk State U. Given that answer... Would you be like Professor Tony Barnhart? Would you have a semester's worth of material to stretch the answer you just gave me into like a fall semester class for the students at Podunk State? Oh, sure. <laughs> I did a, well, I did a, I did a book called Southern Pride Football back right, in 1999 right. and then updated it again later on. And there's a lot of that, the, that stuff in there. And it, it's the uh, – yeah, all I know is people in this part of the world, they, they come up to you in the grocery store and they just say, man, when is it going to get here? Because the social, the social calendar is such a big part. Yeah. Uh, makes up, it, it is understood that you don't have a wedding. And if you can avoid it, you don't have any births uh, during football season because people just aren't going to be around. <laughs> and it, everything is... Everything is depends. Well, here's a great story. Uh, uh, Michael Resco, now the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, yeah. was the number two guy at CBS, and he told me the story many years ago that he got a call one day 
uh, from a lady in Louisiana, and that late, and this is August, and this lady wanted to know what time the Alabama LSU game was going to be on in November. <laughs> and, and and Mike said, "Well, lady, I, I'm sorry, I just can't. I'd like to help you, but I can't. I can't tell you that now because we won't know until after the season starts." Well, she said, "Listen, my parish priest has told me." He can't marry me on the day I want to get married if the game is on. And so I need to know when the game is on so I can move my wedding day. And you probably have a hundred more just like that one. Tony Barnhart is joining us. We will call him a tenured professor here at Podunk State University as if he needed one more title as uh, college football season is here. We are visiting with Mr. College Football himself, Tony Barnhart. There is a five-year, I believe, pattern of declining attendance in college football, and yet we know how popular it still is. Is it oversimplifying to say that the surge in TV money is the reason that more people aren't more nervous about a five-consecutive-year decline in attendance? It's a combination. Obviously, that's a factor. Well, what the TV money means the, the, because they've got it, the folks don't are not sweating it out. Right. It's not like it's not like everybody's going to the poorhouse. There's more money than ever, but the, the decline in attendance is makes you a little nervous. Even even though it's incremental, it makes you a little bit nervous because, particularly the students, if the students don't show up on a regular basis, that's your future donor base. Right. Okay, you, those are the folks who are going to pay the, the the seat licenses and the premium to get those seats. And, and so what you're seeing now is you're seeing a lot of schools, uh, particularly in the South, making some accommodations for the students, building them, you know, patios and stuff like that where they can uh, party and visit and stuff like that. So, but, yeah, the, the, it is a combination of the in-home experience and, frankly, uh, people being priced out of the market and just not willing to spend, you know, 800 bucks on a weekend to go watch Alabama play Western Carolina. With all due respect to Western Carolina. Yeah, Tony Barnhart joining us on the David Glenn Show. Miami against number eight Florida in Orlando on Saturday night on ESPN. We know the Miami part of this equation fairly well. If you watch their veteran linebackers, you think they can beat anybody. Uh, Manny Diaz, great defensive coordinator, now in his first year as the head coach. We haven't seen as much of the Gators, and of course you got an eyeful of Dan Mullen and company last year. Uh, there must have been enough really good things that they are the preseason number eight team. Is Miami too early in its evolution after the switch from Mark Rick to Manny Diaz uh, to be a serious uh, challenge to the Gators here? Do you know anything about Jaron Williams, the redshirt freshman quarterback who got the nod as the starter? Uh, or you know, Are the Gators just too far advanced uh, with Dan Mullen having more time to build them than Manny Diaz has had to build the Kings. Yeah, I, th- I think the Gators are ahead of the Miami program right now. They're playing a more veteran quarterback in Felipe Franks, who made a great, uh, a great jump last year, year two under Mullen. Traditionally, his quarterbacks, as they say, the, the game slows down for them. The, 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 this game is going to be won or lost on the line of scrimmage. You mentioned the Miami linebackers at Miami, you know, what kind of pressure can they put on Franks against an offensive line that lost four starters? You know, I think that'll be a big part of it. I think the other issue is that Todd Grantham, the Florida defensive coordinator, he loves to bring pressure from all different places. For the freshman quarterback, he is going to try to light that guy up. And I think that, to me, that's where the Gators win the game.
Today is ACC Network launch day. It'll actually be tonight officially. We're still a week away from the first exclusive football games that'll be televised there. But you've lived through the launch of the Big Ten Network 12 years ago. Uh, the Pac-12 Network seven years ago is still struggling seven years later. And then the greatest real success story out of the gate is the SEC Network five years ago this month. When you look at the summary, which basically half of the largest carriers have agreed to carry the ACC network, and hundreds of the mid-sized and smaller carriers also are on board. But no Comcast, biggest cable company, no Dish Network, second biggest satellite company. I know the SEC network actually had some deals announced on launch day or, and others after right. launch day. But how do you summarize just where the ACC network is on its launch day compared to those other examples around the Power Five? Well, first of all, let's start. The, the fact that the television, cable, streaming landscape is a lot different today than it was five years ago when the SEC network launched. Yeah. Uh, more, more and more people are cutting the cord, going to streaming products, and more and more content providers like Comcast and uh, uh, you know folks who provide the service, they're saying, you know what, we're rethinking some of this money that we're spending on sports because uh, sports, in many ways, is, is, a, is a subsidized product, particularly on cable television. Everybody pays for it, but not everybody uses it. So I, I, think the, I think the dynamics are a little bit different than when the SEC network launched or the Big Ten or the Pac-12. Having said that, the ACC will find it will grow as soon as games come on and you can't get them. Yes. Okay? That, that's when the dynamic really – everybody's bluffing until you get to that point. And so next th next Thursday night when Clemson and Georgia Tech play and people find out I can't get that game no right. matter what I do. Can't stream it. Then, yep. then st stuff's going to happen. Yeah, Absolutely. and for those who don't know, whereas you can watch Miami, Florida this Saturday on ESPN, there are a lot of examples school by school. Clemson fans can only get Georgia Tech and Clemson on the ACC network, as Tony said, next Thursday. Wake fans can only get Utah State at Wake next Friday, only on the ACC Network. ECU at NC State, both of those fans, unless you're at Carter-Finley, both of those fan bases can only catch it on the ACC Network. Uh, I think it's uh, a week later, Miami at UNC fits that description. Virginia Tech, Boston College in that opening weekend. Virginia at Pitt. All of those are ACC Network exclusives, so it will be interesting to see how those dynamics play out. As we let you go, and thank you for your time, and, and wish you another great college football season. Uh, I saw you recently mention you have Clemson going 13-0 and making mm -hmm. the playoff yet again under Dabo Sweeney with that Texas A&M non-conference matchup on September 7th, maybe the, the biggest uh, roll of the dice. How much of an advantage do the Tigers get in your eyes playing in the ACC where whoever ACC number two is, it's probably not as dangerous as, you know, the, ACE, the SEC number two, three, or four that an Alabama might have to deal with? Well, I think I think the key is going to come at the very end. I mean, Clemson is going to go thirteen and zero. I think Alabama is going to go thirteen and zero. And when we get to the end, the committee is going to have to decide who's your number one seat. Well, that's important. The reason it's important is because one of the semifinals is going to be played in Atlanta at, at Chick Fil A Peach Bowl, and obviously Clemson or Alabama would want that number one seat. Alabama will make the case that if if they're both thirteen and zero. They have played the stronger schedule, having having beaten LSU, having beaten Auburn, probably having beaten Georgia 
in the SEC championship game. Clemson, on the other hand's body of work will not be as strong. So I think I think Clemson will be the number one seed in the first rankings that come out on November fifth. I think also think if they go both go thirteen and zero, Alabama will flip and go to the number one seed when the official pairings are released. As we let you go, since you squeezed in the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl reference, it went viral recently. Uh, the argument over the best chicken sandwich. I, I think yeah. you know Bogies wanted to be a part of it, but didn't get many votes. Uh, Popeyes, I believe, it was almost like Alabama versus Clemson. It ended up being, you know, Popeyes versus Chick-fil-A. Would you like to chime in on that, you know, now that you're a tenured professor at Podunk State University? First of all, it's not even debatable. It's, it's not even debatable. It's Chick-fil-A by a country mile. I'm with you on that. Uh, oh, just no. no. You, you, you're talking about a proven recipe with a pickle and a little butter on the mm. bun. Mm. I, I, mean, come, I mean, come on. It's dangerous. It's lunchtime here in North Carolina. There's waffle fries in there, and you can fit to eat. It's funny. It's exactly what I had yesterday on the way to the show. It was the basic chicken sandwich with the pickle and the butter and that bun and the the, the waffle fries, a little sweet tea with lemon. Oh, man, I'm hungry. I'm going to grab that. I'm going to grab that on my way as a student to Tony Barnhart's class on the South College Football and I can't wait to see that textbook, man. Thank you for the time on the David Glenn Show. You're always good to us. All right. Take care, DJ. You got it. Tony Barnhart on Twitter at Mr. CFB. Damian Lewis, former Panthers lineman, former Miami Hurricanes star, is going to drop by in about 45 minutes. He's doing some work with the Panthers as a media member, even as he works as an assistant AD at Florida International University. Damien drops by live in 45 minutes. John Dahl will be with us. He helped put together the Class That Saved Coach K documentary. That'll be a part of the ACC Network's launch this evening. Getting questions about the ACC Network's launch compared to 12 years ago when the Big Ten launched its network. Uh, Seven years ago when the Pac-12 launched its network. The ACC's, let me be careful of the way I say this. The ACC Network at launch absolutely crushes the launch of the Big Ten Network and the Pac-12 Network. The difference is, if, if you ask me today, will the ACC Network launch tonight with more subscribers than the Big Ten Network? No. But when you're asking me at launch, the ACC is, is, is in the process of having, at worst, the second most successful launch. And it would only be behind the SEC launch five years ago of the SEC Network. And in fact, if another deal came in today, it would actually be right there with the SEC. Now, all these years later, the Big Ten Network and the SEC Network both have like 50 to 60 million subscribers. The ACC Network is not going to launch with 50 to 60 million subscribers. But remember, it took the Big Ten a lot of years to get to 50 to 60 million. The SEC got there very, very quickly. The ACC is going to have a great launch number tonight. I'll tell you more about those numbers to the degree that you are interested in them. We'll take your calls, questions, and comments at 1-800-849-2761. If you are a subscriber to one of the six biggest holdouts, not as many North Carolinians fit this description, but, for example, Comcast is the monster cable provider in Virginia and some of the other ACC states. Comcast has not yet agreed to to carry the ACC network. I can't solve your problem for you. Uh, I can just suggest that you do what Spectrum customers did. 
And in large numbers, they complained and said they were going to leave Spectrum, the biggest cable provider here in North Carolina. Sure enough, Spectrum had an incentive to carry this channel. The ACC had a big incentive to be carried on Spectrum, second largest cable company in America, biggest here in North Carolina. And they got a deal done within the last week. Lots of these deals go down to the wire. That's no consolation if you're a Comcast dish network uh, Cox Communications slash Contour customer, Uverse, Sling, and DirecTV Now. DirecTV Satellite is carrying the ACC network. That's how this stuff gets confusing sometimes. The big satellite company with, you know, 19 million customers, they are carrying the ACC network. But other AT&T products, including Uverse and DirecTV Now, they have not yet signed up. So those are the big six that lack it. The ACC network is going to launch with at least half of the biggest carriers, live TV providers in the country, and hundreds and hundreds of mid-sized and smaller ones. That's the state of affairs. If you want me to follow up with more detail, I can do that, as the ACC will be making significantly more money. Estimates as much as $5 million per school per year in new money, new revenue for your athletic department. The goal is to keep pushing that number higher. There have been examples in the Big Ten and the SEC where you know you're you're making 10 million plus per year per school because of your successful new channel not always at launch in those two cases but gradually in both of those cases the numbers really reach the stratosphere 1-800-849-2761 two more great guests later thanks to professor barnhart for dropping by the questions of the day remain for NFL fans, is L.A. Rams head coach Sean McVay right about preseason football that especially if you have a bunch of returning starters, it's not worth playing them a single snap into the four-game preseason? Most coaches in most sports would be hopping mad at the idea that their guys don't get those reps. McVay goes entirely in the opposite direction, and as a young head coach, he's already taken the Rams to the Super Bowl. Closer to home, the question is this, as the Panthers visit the Patriots, what is the most important thing you need to see tonight to feel good about the 2019 Panthers? As you'd guess, the health and arm strength of off-shoulder surgery, Cam Newton is number one for virtually every Panthers fan, but a lot of interesting 1B answers from our statewide audience as well. Drew and Will and Sam are the interns here taking your phone calls. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. I would never be so competitive, so childish, that I would actually keep track of my record as a coach in youth soccer. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So when I think about my 78 wins, two losses, and four ties, <laughs> not that I was keeping track or anything. Stay with us on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Two great guests later. More of your calls now. I have some crazy headlines to catch you up on. Mark Pavlich from the Miracle on Ice hockey team of Lake Placid in 1980 is in the wrong kinds of headlines. So is Wolfpack football legend Mario Williams, a multi-time pro bowler after his career at NC State. Kemba Walker's in the right headlines as the star of Team USA as they get closer and closer to competitive play in China. They're in Australia right now and beat the Aussies this morning in an exhibition match. Astros pitching ace Justin Verlander is in the headlines. Larry Bird has a follow-up to his 
overly tattooed mural in his home state of Indiana. The Tour Championship is underway in Atlanta. It is that grand finale of the PGA Tour season. $15 million nowadays is the grand prize awaiting the winner. And remember, only the top 30 golfers are even invited, or better put, earned their way into that field in Atlanta as the first of four rounds is underway today. 1-800-849-2761. If you're just joining us, the lingering questions of the day involve football. We're also taking your questions about the ACC network because it's launching tonight. I've done a lot of research on the finances. I've done a lot of research on who's carrying it, who's not, and why. You can jump in with those questions if you like at 1-800-849-2761. Since tonight launches preseason week three of four in the NFL, the broad question is, is L.A. Rams head coach Sean McVay right about preseason football? He doesn't even play his key guys at all for four straight weeks, and yet he led the Rams to the Super Bowl last year. Most coaches in most sports would spit in anger at the idea that their guys don't need reps to get ready for the real games. But that's his way, and it's working in L.A. The Panthers' question is, what is the most important thing you need to see tonight to feel good about the 2019 Panthers? Again, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson, Shaq Thompson, and others will make their preseason debuts after sitting out the Panthers' first two preseason outings. 1-800-849-2761. All right, let me run through these quickly, and then we'll get to your calls. News you don't want to hear if you're Ron Rivera or Bill Belichick. The Patriots star safety Patrick Chung is scheduled to be arraigned next week on a charge of cocaine possession in New Hampshire. The 32-year-old Chung was indicted on the charge earlier this month, but it just became public today. He is an 11-year veteran, a huge cog in the Patriots' defense on three different Super Bowl championship teams. He's played 140 career games. The Patriots issued a statement saying they're aware of the reports but would not comment, for, comment further until, quote, or while judicial proceedings are taking place. Moving along, more crazy headlines. I mentioned Mark Pavlich and Mario Williams. The latter, a former one of the best high school athletes I've ever seen in 32 years of life in this state and covering sports in this state. He was from Richlands High School, a nice city and school that he helped make more famous in the eastern part of our statewide audience. Mario Williams, remember, was great at NC State, just an freakish athlete. Julius Peppers and Mario Williams are two of the most amazing athletes I've ever seen at the high school level. Pep ends up at Carolina. Mario ends up at NC State. They both move on as extremely high picks in the NFL draft. Mario was number one overall in 2006. Williams has been arrested in Texas and charged with criminal trespassing. And the reporting on that incident from a variety of outlets, including ESPN, includes that the mother of Mario Williams' child filed earlier this year a restraining order against Mario, and a judge has ordered both a mental health and what they call an intellectual disability assessment on Mario Williams. He, of course, is and remains a legend, four-time pro bowler at the pro level, made $120 million plus in salaries over his 11-year pro career, had 97 career sacks, and made those four Pro Bowls. Legend of Richlands forever, legends, legend of NC State forever, 
and certainly an outstanding, distinguished NFL career. But that's scary, sad news, especially if it involves mental illness. Your heart goes out to him in that serious situation. There may be similar circumstances unfolding with Mark Pavlich. If you're as old as I or maybe you just know your history, Mark Pavlich from the Miracle on Ice team, you know, maybe the greatest story in the world of all time. American collegians shock the Russian professionals in Lake Placid, New York at the Winter Olympics. Mark Pavlich was one of those names, probably not as famous as the captain Mike Arruzioni or the goaltender Jim Craig, but Mark Pavlich, who also played in the NHL, was arrested recently at his home in Minnesota and is facing four felony charges. There's a chance that mental illness is involved here, according to his family as well. This guy has been like a, I've interviewed him. He's he's always come across as a down-to-earth, level-headed personality, and you just hope that if there's mental illness in play for either Mario Williams or Mark Pavlich or both, that's serious stuff. Like when you violate the criminal code, you hope people get caught, and if they're doing it intentionally and they're of sound mind, you want them to be punished. But it's a lot more complicated than that when mental illness is involved. And apparently, Pavlich was out fishing with a friend of his, and when they came back from fishing, it was like 9 o'clock at night, and he started pounding his buddy with a metal pole, suggesting that his friend had spiked his beer. And his friend is like, what are you talking about? And his fam- Mark Pavlich's family members later came out after he was charged with second and third degree assault. He's a 61-year-old man at this point. And keep in mind, just as many former football players are dealing with CTE and other brain disease-related issues. And yes, one of the signs is just emotional instability and occasional violent tendencies in people who have been mostly peaceful off the ice or off the playing fields. According to family members, he has gone from this peaceful and unproblematic post-playing career to more erratic behavior and even occasionally violent behavior. Pavlich's sister told the Minnesota Star Tribune that she believes her brother is suffering from a form of CTE, which has been linked to repeated head trauma. And she says her reasons for her suspicions are a complete and total shift in Pavlich's character. Remember, we've seen legends of several sports go through this kind of thing. Junior Seau in the NFL seemed like the happiest, you know, most positive guy as a player and even in retirement. And he's he's a guy who ends up taking his own life. And as we now know, it's just more complicated than what we originally thought. Why would Junior Seau take his own life? Well, Now we know more, and the family has been dealing with those repercussions. So Mario Williams and Mark Pavlich in uh, different headlines, not the kind that you want to see. Your phone calls on football, Panthers, and otherwise. The preseason action is underway week three of four with nine days away from that massive roster cut from 90 to 53. We'll come to those calls on the other side. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. We'll welcome more questions on the ACC network. I believe it is fair to say that the ACC was asleep at the switch for a while when it comes to the value of a conference-specific channel. I believe Commissioner John Swafford's methodical approach to things as the leader, right? He is the leader of the athletic directors. He is often leading university presidents and chancellors in various decision-making. 
I believe in his time, whether it was as an AD at Carolina back in the day or the commissioner for a long, long time now, decades plural, I believe his thoughtful, methodical approach has served the ACC well like 80 to 90% of the time. And, and my own mother often reminds me, sometimes your greatest quality can be your biggest drawback in a specific set of circumstances. Some quality that serves you well, the overwhelming majority of the time, switch the circumstances and it might be better if you were a little different. I think this happened with the conference channels. The ACC is 12 years behind the Big Ten with their Big Ten network, five years behind the SEC with the SEC network. And guess what? Now they're many millions dollars behind the SEC and the Big Ten financially. It's not all attributable to the conference-specific channels, but it is mostly attributable to differences in TV money, and the channels are a chunk of that TV money. And that number has been mega millions per school per year for the SEC schools and the Big Ten schools. And that number has been a big fat zero with no ACC network until tonight and its launch. That is where the more methodical, deliberate, let's see how it works out for others before we jump into the deep end of the pool. Again, I believe John Style has served the ACC well more often than not. I believe the slow, methodical approach in this case actually ended up costing the Atlantic Coast Conference hundreds of millions of dollars. Not an exaggeration. Now, they might be in comeback mode with tonight's launch because it's going to be a good launch. Distribution-wise, they have tens of millions of subscribers even before they've launched, which is just a few hours from now at this point. It's going to be a good launch. I believe it's going to make a lot more than the first-year projections of 4 to $5 million per school per year in new money. That, that, that is helpful. They need it to grow to twice that or more over time, and I think it has a chance to do that. But sometimes being a little bit slower at the switch comes back to haunt you. Other times your deliberate, methodical nature pays off for you and everybody else. More on that story as today is the launch of the ACC Network with more of your phone calls. 1-800-849-2761. Two great guests later, Damian Lewis on the Panthers and the NFL and college football, former Panthers defensive lineman, former Miami Hurricanes defensive lineman, and John Dahl helped put together the Duke basketball documentary that will air tonight on the ACC Network. It is called The Class That Saved Coach K. You might not have even known Mike Krzyzewski needed saving as Duke's head coach in the 1980s. John Dahl, third hour. Damian Lewis, third hour. More of your calls on the other side. 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. Christian Leitner, thanks for joining us. It's been less than a week since the I Hate Christian Leitner 30 for 30. The final product of the movie was absolutely awesome. I love every second of it. Maybe I'm not seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing, but I thought the movie was awesome and I loved it. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. If you have a question on the new ACC network, we'll take it. We have most of the answers. We have two great guests next hour. You can chime in on the NFL questions of the day. Is Sean McVay right to keep all of his key players off the field for all four of his preseason games? That is unconventional. There are few coaches in any sport ever that would endorse such a thing. 
But the Rams played in the Super Bowl last year, and Sean McVay had the same approach last time as he has this time. He says he knows it's bad for fans. He says he knows it's bad for television to watch all the backups all the time. But as the Panthers visit the Patriots tonight, we will see, in that case, many more starters. Tom Brady makes his preseason debut for New England. Cam Newton makes his preseason debut for the Panthers. Most of the rest of the preseason has been backup versus backup. And with the Rams, it is entirely a story, a story along those lines. You can jump in at 1-800-849-2761. If you want it, the Panthers question of the day, that is, what is the most important thing you must see tonight? to feel good about the 2019 Panthers. Obviously, a healthy and strong-armed Cam Newton in those three or four drives he gets. Ron Rivera said he will get them tonight after sitting out the first two preseason games. Just about everybody has that as their 1A this evening. What is that 1B thing you need to see to feel good about this year's Panthers as a playoff team? Tell us now at 1-800-849-2761. Darren, you're not a huge gambler, are you? Nor am I. No, for entertainment purposes or in Ve- I, even when I go to Vegas, I'm not a huge gambler. Yeah, and, and I, I know people who might not even gamble a ton, but they like to pay attention to odds and that those sorts of things. I can't say in, much of it interests me to a, a really involved extent. It's a, an occasional curiosity for me. It's a fun thing to do on a trip to Vegas with the lovely and talented Maria. And in fact, when the family went to London recently, my son Anthony, 20 years old, ECU student, noticed, hey, Dad, what's up with this William Hill place? We stayed in the Chelsea part of London. Instead of staying at a hotel, we, we rented a flat, which is what they call an apartment on the other side of the pond. And whether we were in the Chelsea neighborhood walking to the local coffee shop or grocery store, or as we traveled all over London, Anthony kept seeing William Hill, William Hill. So there'd be a coffee shop, a restaurant, a pub, something else, and then a William Hill. He's like, what's, what's William Hill, man? I keep seeing this. Well, William Hill is one of the UK versions of legal sports gambling, the way we're seeing that grow left and right in the United States. Why do I bring this up? Well, whereas we are not near what they have over there. I mean, seriously, I felt like I saw a William Hill or equivalent outlet every handful of blocks as we ran around doing touristy and other things in the wonderful city of London, England. We do have legal sports options more than ever right now in terms of sports gambling. Not just Vegas, but one by one, various states are signing up. We have it very limited here in North Carolina, or at least it's on its way because of a recent vote, but limited again to those tribal casinos in remote parts of the state of North Carolina. Other states... You will see the American equivalent of the William Hill outlet where you can place legal sports bets. As we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Whether you're a big gambler, not at all a gambler, or you fall somewhere in between like me, I wonder where you get to the point where the long shot is so long or the favorite is such a heavy favorite that you just say it's not worth it. Why do I ask this? Because in Major League Baseball last night, They had the biggest upset in 15 years of regular season baseball at that level. Now, you, if you're like me, probably don't think of a regular season Major League Baseball game as a candidate for an historic upset. I think of, like, you know, cupcake college football games when I think of historic upsets, right? Well, it did happen last night, and the Houston Astros were the loser against Justin Verlander's former team, the Detroit Tigers. I ask you this, 
when it gets to the point, and some of the numbers in baseball are a little harder for people to comprehend, everybody knows a point spread in football, right? If you take the favorite minus seven, you only win if the favorite wins by more than seven. If you take the underdog plus seven, you only win if the underdog either wins the game outright or loses by less than seven, right? That's pretty standard. The numbers in other sports make people's eyes roll up in the back of their head. So, for example, this biggest favorite in 15 years, the Houston Astros are one of the best teams in baseball. They were at home last night. They were starting their legendary ace right-hander, Justin Verlander. Their opponent, the Tigers, are one of the lesser teams in baseball. They, of course, were on the road. And they had some guy named Bob pitching. Not exactly, but nobody of note. The underdog Tigers were listed in such a way. Do you would you even know, Darren? I'll put it the the alternative way. The Houston Astros were listed as a minus six hundred favorite. That is a whopper of a favorite by baseball standards. I mean, that's like holy. Occasionally, you'll see the the thirty plus point point spread, or sometimes even bigger. In college football, never in the NFL, really. But would you even know, what do you have to lay down? Again, everybody knows the Astros are the better team. The Astros have the better starting pitcher. The Astros are at home. And the disparities are way bigger than they usually are. Sometimes you only have one of those three variables in favor of the favorite. All three were telling the world the Astros are going to beat the Tigers. Maybe even add a little spice because Justin Verlander is going against his former team. Minus 600, the Houston Astros over the Detroit Tigers. Any idea what that means? Uh, no. I've it's got a, a huge couple, number. Yeah, no, it's massive. But I know from seeing those numbers, but as far as, as uh, relating it to what would I have to put down to yeah. make a okay. dollar? Think of it. Uh, it's not six to one the way you would think of a horse being six to one odds. Sure. But you have to put down in round numbers $60,000 to win 10000 You need to put down 6000 to win 1000 right? So, I mean, I'd like $1,000, and I believed that Justin Verlander would beat the Tigers last night. At some point, the odds are so extreme, you're thinking to yourself, or my logical brain is thinking, well, even if I mess up once in a while betting on these heavy favorites, I mean, think about it. If you need to risk 6,000 to gain 1,000 or whatever number you want to plug in, risk 600 to gain 100, well, you're going to be right most of the time because you're betting on the heaviest favorites of all. But if you slip up only occasionally, you just lost 6,000 trying to win 1,000. And, of course, Vegas has processed all these numbers, and that's why they keep enough money on both sides of the fence that the house always wins, right? Somebody's going to try the Tigers as the huge underdog, and not as many people, once you keep inching that number up, minus 600, got to put down 60 grand, 60 grand to make 10 grand. Doesn't that start to make you a little nervous about losing your 60 just to pick up 10? At some point, it becomes ridiculous. Well, last night was one of those ridiculous nights and a reminder to most of us why we shouldn't bet any more than we're comfortable losing. The underdog Tigers managed only two hits in the game predictable 
as the odds makers may have suggested. But they won the game 2-1. to one. <laughs> In 15 years of tracking Vegas Major League Baseball odds, the Tigers were the biggest underdog, and yet they pulled off an App State over Michigan-like upset, at least by Major League Baseball standards. It was one for the books to them, and it was a reminder. Whether it's the stock market or investing in your buddy's new company, do not risk more than you and your significant others are comfortable losing. We have friends. I have a good buddy who lives in the Triangle who has a, an idea that seriously could be worth billions of dollars with a B. And, I, and he asked if Maria and I wanted to invest in it. Well, sounds great to be you know, little, just a little twig in that world, right? If you're going to make billions with a B... Uh, maybe we can just get some tiny fraction of 1% or a fraction of a tenth of 1% or whatever. That still sounds like good money. But I had to have the conversation with Maria as her eyes were all big like saucers after our friend Tom was describing his idea. I said, look, look, whatever number you end up being comfortable with, you have to look at me in the eyes and say this. If we lose every penny of that, in this Astros example, if you want to bet 60 grand to make 10 grand, you got to be totally comfortable losing all 60 grand. That's not the exact number we put into our friend's company, but you get the idea. I, I really wanted to draw up a contract and make Maria sign it at the bottom, you know, just in case the investment goes awry. I could show it to her years <laughs> later. You talked me you into investing in Tom's company. <laughs> oh, no. The, uh, the page is a little yellowed at this point, but I've dug it out of the archives and you signed on the bottom line. We chose a number that we could digest. If everything went wrong, and I encourage you to take a similar approach at the Vegas betting window or otherwise. Damian Lewis on the NFL and the Panthers in 10 minutes. John Dahl on the class that saved Coach K in 45 minutes. Your phone calls, too, on the David Glenn Show. If my low and away curve that barely paints the black so frequently that nobody can hit it, you're going to tell me I got to throw change-ups, fastballs, and sliders all the time? Oh, it's too difficult to hit TTG's <laughs> low and away curveball. Wah, 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 wah. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Damian Lewis played with the legendary safety, maybe the greatest of all time, Ed Reed. He's also doing media work on the Carolina Panthers and the NFL as a former Panthers player and as a former Miami Hurricanes defensive lineman. He's a big dude, he's a good dude, and he's a part-time member of the media with the NFL preseason week three upon us and his Miami Hurricanes taking the field in a few days against those number eight Florida Gators. Good time to catch up with former Panther and former Kane Damian Lewis. He'll start our number three. John Dahl, executive producer of the class that saved Coach K, which will be part of the ACC Network launch later today. John drops by in about 40 minutes. Your phone calls in between. It's Damian Lewis on all things football next on the David Glenn Show. Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop. After this, yeah, maybe join you on the radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll, but, be, we'll uh, be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way. <laughs> You're listening to The David Glenn Show.